You're listening to Three Valleys Radio. A very warm welcome to The Racing Show. Sponsored by Bresbet, our new online partners. Trainers. Jockeys. Pundits. And all your racing news, flat and jumps. Every Friday night at 7 o'clock, here on Three Valleys Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Three Valleys Radio Racing Show. And on the show tonight, we have got another full house of guests, including Harry Finley, Jamie Snowden from Lambourne, Nick Schofield and Gavin Sheehan, our two jockey representatives, Peter Scudamore, the former champion jockey, Colin Brown, of course, who else but Colin Brown, who used to ride Desert Orchid, Gary Wiltshire from Bresbet and Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing. So, all in all, uh, a full house, I think it's fair to say. But this week we're going to start the show slightly differently because our friend Mr Gary Wiltshire up at Bresbet has got a special offer for us. But you're going to have to move quickly because it's in the darts and it starts at 7.15, which doesn't give you an awful lot of time to get your bets on. So... We'll listen to what Gary's got to say, and I'm sure you'll be rushing off to put your bets on on your computer. Good evening, Gary. Good evening. I gather you're up at the darts, um, and uh, you've got something for us, haven't you, today? Yeah, good evening, mate. Uh, good evening, everyone. Yeah, we're going to do a special offer for you uh, on the darts. Yeah, we're working at the darts this week, Bresbet. Don't forget online, Bresbet.com. And I've got a special offer for you tonight, but this starts at 7.15, so you haven't got long, AD or the listeners. We're going 5 to 2. Rob Cross and Gerwin Price to win the semis tonight. Now, they'll both be odds on. I think Rob Cross is 6-4 to four on. Gerwin Price about 4-5, to 11-8 on. So 5-2 to two to Barney. Rub away, dude. The yeah. double. Yeah. You've got to get on Bresbeck.com. 5-2 to two to double. Gerwin Price and Rob Cross. But you've got to be quick. The first match starts at 7.15. OK, well, there you go, listeners. You heard that first here on uh, Three Values Radio. And uh, Bresbeck are really pushing the boat out on that one, on the darts. And uh, Gary Wiltshire here with us now, giving us a few other bits and pieces. So that's great news from us. Yeah, it's been a, it's a good weekend as well. But we need a bit of rain, AD. I don't know what the weather's like up your end. You know, the fields are really cutting up, aren't they? All the yeah. racing, you know. Yeah, no, too many small, small fields, isn't it? Races. Yeah. Yeah, Huntingdon tomorrow, Saturday. And uh, we've had a week off of the flat racing, haven't we? We've yeah. not had any all weather this week. So no. we've only had jump racing. I did, you know, I think the jump season starts when Chepstow a few weeks back. But... Uh, 
Cheltenham last weekend was very good, but not many runners again. AD was no, there, and no, no, uh, you well, know it was a punter's punter's benefit last week at Cheltenham. I know we done a few quid in the office, and I think uh, when there's no runners, you know it's it's tricky, isn't it? We yeah. need a bit of rain, AD boy. We do, mate, and I'm sitting here looking out the window now, and and it's 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 just very grey, but there's no sign of rain at all, and we haven't had any no, down here in the West Country for. Oh, I don't know. I can't think. A few days now, that's for sure. Yeah, it's uh, it's and also I uh, from the weekend the weather forecast. You know, it's getting colder as well. So, yeah, yeah. You know, I can't see too much rain beginning of next week. So, but we have got the all weather starting next week, Monday, Chelmsford, and then, you know we've got a few meetings at Chelmsford on the all weather. Yeah, and uh, that's what you haven't you haven't got many all weather tracks down your way, have you? No, you? we I haven't. Suppose Lingfield would. Probably is, yeah, I would think so. Yeah, yeah. no, no yeah. it's a long way to go if you want to see that, that's for sure. But, um, we've got I'll see, we're... uh, I'll see a feature, I'll see a feature radio on the telly about the Badgers Beers Chase Day at Wincanton, yeah. And it was, it come over fantastic, you know, with the owner, and you see all the pictures, and you know, the horses they've owned with Paul Nichols, and that it's and they, you know, it's, it's yeah. fantastic, isn't it? Really enjoyed that, you know, and uh. And also, I see something the other day. Our legend, I still call him the legend, Martin Pipe. I know David is a friend of the friend of the channel as well. Yeah, he comes he is, on the yeah. station for you. But Martin Pipe, he is an absolute. You know, he in my eyes, you know what he did. You know, he he he. he I think he transformed uh, jump racing because you know from working with his dad at Minehead in, in the betting shop there, David Pipe Senior. Yeah, and uh, what he did, and to be a top trainer there, and he, David carrying on the tradition now, and uh, lovely, lovely family, you know, lovely family. We, when we do the Cheltenham previews in Frome, you know, uh, um, Martin was on the panel with me, and what he, you know, the, what he comes out with his knowledge is unbelievable. Yeah, you know, the punter, yeah. the people who were there for the night, they just sat back, and uh, I think we could have been there till three o'clock in the morning. We could have been like another Ken Dodd show because. <laughs> You know, he would have carried on Martin Pipe. He's a legend. I love yeah, him. Yeah. You're talking about the Badger Badger Beer Day. Of course, last year was, I think it was last year, they were in their element because Bryony Frost won on the owner of um, of the brewery's horse. I think it was last year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I so, see that. Fantastic. The green colours here. Mm. It's just, you know, but Wing Canton, again, such a friendly track, isn't it? You know, yeah. when we go to Newton Abbott, Pat Masterson always looks after us and, I just think I think jump racing is that's the area with you know that is for me Cheltenham down Cheltenham down to you is jump racing you know yeah, I, I just yeah. love it you know I just yeah. think that's a, and a day out of you know flat racing never been for me I was at Ascot the other week for the big Quipco day in a box lovely box lovely food but it's not jump racing is it Aidy you know I love getting out there and mixing with people and. Uh, it's just a different world, you know, and I know, like, even at, at Bresbet, you know, we I know we're major sponsors of the Greyhounds as well, but also, don't forget, we want them competitions up and running, AD. We've got yeah. the big box at Utoxeter, and there's tickets there, four people. When we do the competitions, there's four people. Every meeting, free food, free drink, and you will get well looked after, I can assure you. Uh, our, our managing director, Dave Perry, you know, and he used to be in charge at Sheffield, and all he wants to do when you go in that box, he'll fill you up. You have whatever you like. You have the best food possible. I was at Sheffield the other week when they done a when they done a big. Uh, they, they sponsored the Steel City Cup, Presbet. 
and I was sitting there with the food and it was lovely. It all come up early and, uh, you know, I'm known as the belly from the telly and I can <laughs> tell a good food when I see it. I went in, I went, I went into work with a, with a start. Well, I never knew. I thought they were starters, but, uh, no, I thought it was the main course. Sorry, Aid. It was, it was everything there. Please, smoked <laughs> salmon, you name it. All of a sudden I've done all the starters. Then they said the main calls come out. Well, I couldn't <laughs> eat anymore. I was full up, but uh, that makes a change. Aidy, I've got to go. The first darts man is on the hockey. You're very, very shortly. Don't forget that double. No. After two. Okay. Cross and uh, Gerwin for us. See you later, all. Thank you, Dad, Gary. Well, that was our man, Gary Wiltshire, there from Bresbat, and uh, he makes it quite clear he likes the jump racing, but the one thing about the jump racing is it's always so flipping cold, isn't it? I mean, you know, but there you go. You've always got to wrap up warm when you go jump racing, that's for certain. But a great offer there. Rob Cross and Gerwin Price to go to the semi-finals of the Grand Slam of Darts, 5-2 to two to double. So get on to breastbet.com and fill your boots. But now, though, we'll get back to our normal running routine, which, of course, will be the news from... Mike Pan. Hello and a very warm welcome to all the news from the racing media for this week, including Racing TV, The Racing Post and The Sporting Life. I'm Mike Padden and here's our first story. Two Grand National winners and Gold Cup success feature on Nigel Twiston Davis's CV, but the Norton trainer believes a record equaling fourth Betfair chase victory with Bristol Dudamay would be, quote, right up there if the popular grey strikes again at Haydock on Saturday. The Simon Minear, an Isaac Suede-owned ten-year-old, has a remarkable five out of six record at the Merseyside track, with his only defeat when second to Lost in Translation in the 2019 running, and he bids to match the record of Kauto Star in the £200,000 contest. He could face Irish opposition in the race for just the second time with Savile's Chase scorer and Gold Cup second A-plus Tard backed into 13-8 to favourite from 5-2 to with the race sponsors on Monday morning, with Bristol DeMay the general 7-2 to second favourite. Twiston Davis, who enjoyed five winners from ten runners at the weekend, said, He's in great form. I couldn't be happier with him and he's all primed, ready to go. Haydock clearly suits him and he has form on most ground so hopefully conditions won't be a problem. He likes to be able to boss races and it's a very uncomplicated track. There's two long straights and easy bends so he can just get out there and do his stuff. He continued, the race looks as hot as ever uh, but the one thing he has in his favour is he is easy to get fit. That's the beauty of him. And will they be all as fit as he is? For our sake, hopefully not. It's good for the race and all of us to have potential Irish challengers in there, and let's hope we can beat them. It would be great to equal Kauto Star's record, and it would be right up there in my career. It would be a proper job. He would be remembered forever. Maybe there would be a race named after him. Bristol DeMay recorded the first of his five top-level wins on his stable debut in the finale juvenile hurdle at Chepstow in 2014, and there is no doubting his yard favourite status. Twiston Davis, who also won the Betfair chase with Imperial Commander in 2010, said, He's really special to us all. He's been exceptional. He hasn't quite won the Gold Cup I wanted. He was third once. But he's doing okay. Darrell Jacob knows him like the back of his hand and they love each other. He's very easy to train, he's keen, loves his work and lives in the field every day. He is as he looks. He's a big show-off and a happy horse. 
His very first run at Chepstow when he won as a juvenile always sticks out as then we knew at an early stage that we had an exceptional horse, and he hasn't let us down since. Now the going at Haydock has changed to good to soft, good in places on the hurdle course, but remains good to soft on the chase course, with the clerk of the course, Kirkland Tellwright, not envisaging much movement on the description. Tellwright said, We had four millimetres of rain over the weekend, and we're not going to get much rain or much happening in terms of the ground drying out this week. It's misty, heavy dews, and all happening pretty slowly. But we're in a really good place for Saturday. And next up on our racing news. Flat jockey Franny Norton is hoping to be back in action on the all-weather circuit shortly after recovering from a broken arm. He suffered the injury in a freak accident at Brighton back on October the 5th when he was displaced from the Mark Johnson-trained White Feathers Fall on the way to post for a mile novice stakes, despite doing his best to hang on to the 5-2 second favourite when he was spooked by ground staff. Norton, 51, had ridden 56 winners for the year at the time of his injury and looked on course to surpass his 2021 tally of 59 comfortably. Norton's agent, Niall Hannity, said on Sunday, Franny was in good form at Brighton, having ridden a winner for George Bowie that afternoon, but later was spooked as he went to post on Whitefeather's Fall when some ground staff came out from under a rail in front of him. Despite his best efforts, he was unable to hang on and unfortunately broke his arm in the fall. And he added, Thankfully, it was a clean break that didn't need any surgery and hopefully he could be back in action in the coming weeks. Apart from this week, when there is no flat racing until next Saturday, it's an important time on the all-weather, with Mark Johnson and some of his other stables having runners. Norton notably won the Group 2 Jockey Club Stakes and the Princess of Wales's Stakes on the Johnson train Sir Ron Priestley and Newmarket in the summer and also took the Group 3 March Stakes at Goodwood on Stablemate Dancing King. He has ridden winners through the winter months in Britain in each of the last five seasons when he has had successful partnerships on the all-weather with trainers such as Michael Wiggum, Mick Channon and Dean Ivory. And moving on to our next story now from the racing media. Top middle distance performer Powell Driver was reported to be in, quote, fantastic shape on Sunday morning after his comeback win in the Churchill Stakes at Lingfield on Saturday and is firmly on course for a first trip overseas to Hong Kong next month. The four-year-old, who is a three-to-one chance with William Hill for the Group 1 Longines Hong Kong Vars on December the 12th, received a warm public ovation after overcoming Herovian and Felix in the listed contest on his first outing since winning the Group 1 Coronation Cup at Epsom in June. William Muir, who co-trains pile driver with Chris Grassick, said, It couldn't have gone any better at Lingfield. Paul Driver was bucking and kicking after the race, and he's in fantastic shape this morning. Only once or twice have I had such a horse to walk back in with after a race. But on Saturday, people were lined up along the avenue back, clapping him in. It was amazing. Saturday's outing was the start of Plan B for Paul Driver, who was forced to miss two Group 1 outings in the summer due to injury. Muir said... He originally pulled a muscle up high in July and it bled into the groin and when you put your hand up you could feel the trickle of blood. He was lame when it first happened but he was very quickly sound within days. And that ruled us out of the King George so we thought we'd go to the Jude Monte. 
After that, we started cantering in him again, and when it was time to gallop, I got my vet in to check him over. He could still feel some blood and advised me not to gallop him. Not being able to gallop him the week before the Jude Monte meant that we had to give that a miss as well. We decided then to give him a break and bring him back for a winter campaign and everything has been fine. He wasn't fit on Saturday as I hadn't done a lot with him, but I knew he'd run well as he's so competitive. Martin was not over hard on him to win and he kept him going right around the bend to make it into a mile and a half race if you like. Pal Driver, who won two Group 2s and finished third in the St Ledger as a three-year-old last year, is set for a busy winter. Muir added, We got an invitation for the Hong Kong Vars a while ago, and the plan is to go there, and after that, I think they want us to go to the Saudi Cup. We'll look at that, and beyond that, there is the Group 1 Dubai Shima Classic of Maiden. And next up, Paul Nichols believes there is more still to come from Laylot after his excellent debut for the Ditcheat Yard on Saturday. Formerly with Kayleigh Woolacott, for whom he won a Grade 1 Novice Hurdle and a Grade 2 Novice Chase, the nine-year-old was beaten only by Midnight Shadow and Protectorat in the Paddy Power Gold Cup. A return to Cheltenham is on the cards next month for a horse who was much more like his true self and banished memories of two pulled-up efforts in the spring. The champion trainer was delighted, as he was with Simply the Bets, who was sixth, another stable debutante. He said, I was thrilled with a pair of them. I was so pleased with Laylor, I'm still learning about him, but he'll come back for the Caspian Caviar in December. I think the stiffer track will suit him even better than the course on Saturday. Finishing off a race like that should give him loads of confidence. The other lad will improve for the run as well, so I was thrilled with both. Nichols has also taken positives from the defeat of Magistrato, who was fourth in the Triumph Hurdle trial, having made a striking debut last month at Chepstow. He said, The juvenile ran well too, but he just found the ground a bit quick. He's a proper national hunt horse who wants soft ground. It'll rain soon, then we can get stuck in, but there's none forecast. And some more for the racing media. Dan Skelton watched Noob Negra land the Schler chase in emphatic style, then admitted, I learnt more this week about the game than I probably ever have done. It has been a fortnight of varying fortunes for the Skelton team, but trainer Dan and his jockey brother Harry had smiles back on their faces after the Spanish-bred seven-year-old handed them a second grade two success of the three-day fixture. Having finished the half-length runner-up to put the kettle on in the Grade 1 Betway Queen Mother Champion Chase at the festival back in March, Nub Negra had that rival behind him in a well-beaten third as he triumphed by six and a half lengths from runner-up Politologue. Dan Skelton said of his 9-4 winner, that was brilliant and I'm just chuffed to bits with the horse. He was beaten a neck in the champion chase and I think that was a very strong race. I know Put the Kettle On didn't turn out today, but you've got Politolog in front going a hard gallop, which he kept up all the way to the line. I don't know what Paul said before the race, but he looked a fit horse. So that's strong form, and I'm just so proud of the horse. Sometimes you get washed under a bit with second place, but I'm just so happy for him, and Terry Spraggett, who owns him, has always wanted a big-time horse, and he's got one now. Now we're going to look after him and he's out of novice status now and into the big leagues where it's about winning these races. 
I'm sorry to beat John Hales and Paul Nichols with Politologue, who didn't deserve to get beaten there and ran his heart out. It doesn't matter what sport you're in. When you get beat, it's about being a professional. Sometimes it rolls against you, and what can you do? There's no point in getting the ump and stamping your feet and saying you want to give up the game. You've got to use those situations to your advantage and learn from them. I've learned more this week about the game than I probably ever have done because I've got better horses. When you're running these good horses, things can go different ways, but that's just sport, and I'm proud to be a part of it. I had a tingle in my hands after he jumped the last, and I don't think I've ever had that. Racing is just brilliant. Reflecting on my Drogo's penultimate fence fall two days ago in the SSS Super Allies Novices Chase, Skelton went on, Friday is Friday and today is today. We all have upsets in sport and you've just got to roll with the punches. Noob Negra may go to the Tingle Creek, but we're staying in the present and that's a big race. Noob Negro was cut from 4-1 to one from 6-1 to one by sponsor Betfair for next month's Betfair Tingle Creek Chase at Sandown Park and is into 10-1 to one from 20-1 to one for the Betway Queen Mother Champion Chase next March. Jockey Harry Skelton added, These races are very important. He is a good horse and I'm glad he got it right today. I think the ground was a bit dead for him today to be honest, but he had to stay today and he's shown that. It was really good. We've always looked after him. He was a good traveller as a juvenile, he just wasn't quite seeing out. But now he is a strong horse, he is finishing his races out well. It was brilliant. We have learnt he handles it around here, and that he handles a bit of slower ground better now. We are very lucky we have got a good horse that was bang on for the day. It was a bit difficult as he travelled around easily, but at the same time I knew Put the Kettle On was not travelling as well as she could, but I knew she was a good stayer and I was a bit reluctant to go by, but I didn't want to give Politolog too much rope. He travelled very well throughout the race and has seen it out well today. Fair play to Dan and Terry Spraggett, the owner, as they have minded him and looked after him and we now have got a really good horse on our hands. I hope so. He did really well last season, so there is lots to look forward to. He is really good fresh. I'll leave things to Dan as he wanted to come here today, and he has got it right, and he does a good job of that. It has been an up-and-down week, but I had a very important phone call on Friday night from a very important person whose opinion matters a lot to me. I thank him for the call and the physios at the racecourse for sticking me back together. Paul Nichols, who trains runner-up Politolog, said... Politolog could do with the ground a lot slower now just to suit him as he was flat out all the way round and was using a bit too much all the time to try and stretch them. The winner is seven and likes good ground, so we're at the other end of the scale, but I'd say there's still a nice race in him somewhere on soft ground and we'll find somewhere for him. He's run a really good race. If the Tingle Creek came up testing in three weeks' time, I would not be afraid to let him have a go of that. But if not, we can wait and go to Kempton or that January race at Ascot. I'd say he'd be at his best now on slow ground, where stamina is a bit more of an issue over two miles. Put the kettle on, the 15-8 to favourite had won all of her four previous starts at Cheltenham, but could manage no better than third, beaten just over 11 lengths. A jockey, Aidan Coleman, reported they just had too much speed for her. Usually on that ground they don't come back and I finish with loads of mare. 
I wasn't tired at the line, but in that ground they've gone quick and they just don't stop. I was waiting for a collapse in the pace, but in good ground it's not going to happen. She hit the line strong and there's lots of positives. Well, that's been the racing news for this week, with uh, all the news from the racing media, including Racing TV, The Racing Post and The Sporting Life. I'm Mike Padden. Thanks for listening and join us again next time. Well, that was Mike Padden with all the racing news from the racing media, including the Sporting Life and Racing TV. And now let's find out where we can go racing this weekend. Right, we'll start at seven races on the flat at Lingfield with a 12.05 start. There are seven races over the jumps at Haydock Park, 12.10 start. Seven races over the jumps at Huntingdon with a 12.15 start. Uh, seven races over the jumps at Ascot with a 12.20 start. And seven races on the flat over the uh, all-weather at Wolverhampton with a 4.30 start. And then if we switch to Sunday, there are six races over the jumps at Utoxeter with a 12.10 start. Seven races over the jumps at Exeter with a 12.30 start. And one race over the jumps at Navan with a 2.50 start. So there we have it for next weekend. One of the pluses of this job is that you do get the opportunity to speak to champions and uh, in my case I've been very lucky and just recently I had a chat with champion jockey Peter Scudamore and uh, this is Peter reflecting on what it was like in his early days. It must have been a huge um, testament to your determination. I mean the thought of you know, being a jockey, it's not just being a jockey, it's getting up at sort of some ridiculous hour in the morning then going and riding out for well, I you know, know I, I saw something of the day, you know, um, uh, a chap in Ireland's just retired, David Mullins, and uh, he said, you know, it's it is monotonous and stuff, but when it's better than working for a living, I'll think, you know, I mean, there's lots lots of hard jobs in in life. At least we would, what does Confucius say? Find a job that you enjoy and you'll never have to work again and that's what I did you know yeah yeah but I mean you know also the, the, the weight aspect in that you can't eat too much I mean for some no but I, it, it, you know you go in with your eyes open you know you're going to get hurt you know you know, you don't have to do it you go in with your eyes open and you and uh, yeah, you, you're going to get a few falls and you're going to diet you know I mean yeah. um, rugby players have to eat a lot jockeys have to eat not very much you know basketball players are very tall jockeys are very small you know and that's you know, if I was six foot seven, I'd have been a basket. Well, yeah, in the yeah. basket, but you know what I mean. I yeah, was, yeah. Look, I was about the perfect size to be a jockey. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, did you find you know? Did you find that was it hard though? You know, getting up early in the morning, doing that, and then not being out in the week, no, and I then off remember, you went. You know, I mean, I, 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 yeah, I suppose when when I was working at David Nicholson's, you're going up early in the morning to ride out, but. And you were working at it, but once you got away from the yard, you know. So, so when you were a, a minor jockey, you're what they call doing your three in the yard. You're working, and you're, you know, you might get three or four rides a week. Yeah. But when you get going, you're riding six, five, six days a week. You might be riding out in Lambourne one morning, Martin Pipes the next, up in Cheshire. That you know, so. You've got something to look up forward to get up early for. You've got a you've got a purpose in in life. You've got hope, you know. So that mm. so uh, no, I didn't. I, I enjoyed it, and that, you know, I feel the jockeys now probably work even harder because they're riding June and July. We we had those two months off, although I used to go and ride abroad. But 
Um, no, we, we were very lucky to do what we did. Mm. Well, I admire, I admire your um, determination, shall we say. But looking at your major race wins here, um, I'm going to try and pick them up in the right order. The Swinton Handicap Hurdle seems to be the top one, 1984. Does that sort of, sort of kind of ring a bell with you? Yeah, I mean, the, you know, if I were a, the, yeah, I mean, they've all changed their names, these races now. I mean, to, my, to us, the big races were at Cheltenham and obviously the Grand National. Hmm. Um, you know, and there's um, Thomas, the, the, there's the Ladbroke Trophy at Newbury. I won it twice. Thomas has won it four times, I think, or three times, you know. So, um, you know, the, the Welsh Nationals and stuff. But, um, you know, my great team, you know, if it's a great team, was the number of winners I rode, and uh, I was lucky enough to be champion jockey. That's that's what um, we always aim to do, you know. Hmm. Well, I mean, eight times champion jockey—that's not bad, is it, by anybody's standards? No, I mean, look, I was, as I say, I was very lucky. I rode very, very good horses, and um, you know, AP Malloy Coy comes along and and stuffs it out of sight. But uh, hmm. no, no, I mean. It, it, you can only do what you can do within the era that you're doing it. And I was, yeah. you know, very honoured to, to do it. And as I say, I, that's what we set off to do. Every season I set off to be champion jockey. That's what I wanted to do. Do, do, do any of the big race, you know, let's put it another way. What, what, what in your mind is the best race that you ever won? Well, I was, because of my association with Martin Pike, I, um, you know, I enjoyed riding big winners for him. I won a champion hurdle for him and, that was, you know, it was the first really great race that he won, and uh, so, so so that was a great hit, thrill. I wanted, you know, he'd been so good to me, so it was nice to give him something back and and, and win the champion hurdle for him. Yeah. So what was that? The nineteen eighty eight one. Yeah, it was on Granville again. I can't remember the year it was Granville again. Yeah. 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 Um, you've been unlucky. Well, you've been lucky with Welsh Grand Nationals and Scottish Grand Nationals, but. The the Aintree one eluded you, uh, you know. Yeah, you, no, you, I never never won that. But you know, I I think you in life you can't have everything. You know, as I say, I won four or five Welsh ones, two Scottish. You know, I've, and Lucinda and I have trained a Grand National winner. Yeah. Here in one for Arthur, Dad won one. So you know, no, I have no um, I have no regrets or sorrows and things like that. You know. <laughs> Um, what can you remember of the rides you've had in the Grand National though which I know they haven't been successful I remember but... falling on Strands of Gold he was going very well Brendan Powell won the race um, on Rhyme and Reason uh, I was third on Corvier I didn't I got round I think I only fell once and that was on Corvier I got I had about 13 or 14 rides I got round nine times um, but I just uh, Corvier was as close as I got yeah it was a it's just a fantastic race, and it's a tremendous thrill to to get um, that to that. You know, I, it must be uh, the adrenaline flow must be absolutely incredible when you're on a horse coming up to beaches. You know, a load of horses around you. I mean, what's it feel like? It must be incredible, actually. Yeah, I think you know most of the time we're going away in our little world without. You know, a, a lot of people noticing what's going on, um, but suddenly, when you are very aware, where you were in my day, with you know, with being on the BBC, um, huge BBC team coming on, you just you were aware that you know, much of the British public was watching you. Um, yeah, it, 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 you know, along with the FA Cup, Wimbledon, I think you'd have to say 
the Grand National is one of the great British sporting events, wouldn't you? Oh, without doubt, yeah, without doubt. Well, there we go. That was champion jockey Peter Scudamore there talking to me recently on one of our In Conversation programmes. And now we're going to get part two of the Harry Finlay story. Of course, Harry, well-known professional gambler who uh, rather came unstuck when he put £2 million on the All Blacks to beat France in, I think it was the 2007 World Cup. But sadly for Harry, that didn't work out as well. But... But in tonight's clip, Harry tries to explain to us some of the ins and outs of the whole betting procedure. Talking generally, um, Harry, I mean, you know, you're a gambler. You say that, and that's fine. And nothing wrong with being a gambler. I am myself. So, you know, but I mean, uh, you know, how have, how have you learned so much? Because you, you've clearly got a huge amount of knowledge, not not just about gambling, but I mean about the, how the prices are worked out and, and how the whole thing kind of works. And and you were saying earlier about, you know, the fact that computers run the whole thing now rather than human beings, and it makes a big difference to it. You know, how did you learn all that from, from a 15-year-old to, to now? I, I just think that I'm pretty good at... I'm not... I found my maths O-level startling. I could never... was never interested in um, trigonometry or algebra mm. and stuff like that, but no. simple basic percentages I was always good at. And probability, I suppose, I'm, I'm you know... The combination of that and 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 you know and, and experience with sport and I've always sort of been able to price things up. You know, I think that that percentage is is, is a pretty easy concept. And I, I yeah. you know, I, I've priced things up all my life. I was into sport betting before anyone else was. I was when other when I was age sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. I was looking to bet on snooker and football hackers and 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 I you know more than more than anyone else. I was well known as a sports. Dogs yeah. and I've always been known as a dog sports punter. Right, it's, it's more my friends that you know my best pal Glenn who does all the horses. I don't today. I couldn't tell you we're meeting, but I can. I know we're having we're having a couple of bets, but it'll be what Glenn tells me to do with the horses. Whereas I've always been a sports punter and I've watched more sport. I've never had a job. I, I, I had five jobs when I was sixteen and lost them all within within three or four weeks and couldn't cope at all with working. So you know when people talk about wealth. And um, to me, my wealth is um, having watched every British Open since I was 13, 14. Most yeah. the early ones with my father, who was Jack Nicholas Mad, and and um, so uh, to me, to me, uh, you know, watching watching sport, and I and I enjoy watching sport now as much, at least as much as I've always have done. And you know, what, what, I can imagine a life without watching sport. I can't. I just can't even imagine the concept. I, I really do. Still enjoy enjoy it immensely. But when you when you look at a, take a horse, any horse, you know. Yeah. Uh, let's say it's nine to four. Yeah. On on the bookies page. Yeah. You would turn around and probably say to me, "Well, actually, I rate it as well, uh, weight or whatever." Yeah. You know. Well, how how do you arrive at that in your mind? That different price to well, the I'll price be, that they've got. Yeah. Well, a racing. I'll be asking my racing man what he thinks, but. With, with, say, a football team, for example, we've, say, got the Premier League fixtures when yeah. we started betting with Tony Bloom on the Asian handicaps. His way initially was for three of us to price up our prices and go in the go in the middle, and that, that's a good way of doing it. And we'd, you know, before, you know, we'd look at a fixture, we'd look at a fixture and say, what percentage chance have Villa got of beating West Ham? And the three of yeah. us would, and, and, you know, if I was, you know, have, have Premier League games are sort of fairly easy to price up, but you know, it's when when the prices are different or a lot different to what you make them. That's when you 
when you step in. But I, I as a gambler, you know, I like I like people to hold my hand. I like people to I call it pissing in the pot. I like everyone. A lot of great gamb, a lot of good judges. Yeah. Not such good gamblers like being on their own. They they like to, you know, put, put up or something, and no one else goes for it. And not me. I, I I prefer it when everyone likes the same thing. If I really fancy someone to win something, and then a couple of my mates say, "Well, not for me," or that would that would that would ninety nine times out of a hundred, that would mean me reducing my stakes. Put a in your mind then. Basically. Well, basically, you know, a lot of gamblers only like their own opinion. Like, yeah, you know. Um, and but I've always been more of a you know of a of of a, of, a, of trying to get as many people's and certainly working seeing how Tony Bloom operates seeing how Benham and the mathematicians operate they'd be the same they'd always want as much information as many people pissing in the pot as, as you can and I'm I've always I've always been like that. Do you, do you find I mean for example um, I've got connections to Yeovil Town as you know. Uh, Yeovil play in the National League. Yeah. Um, I find when I do my accumulators on a Saturday yeah. that, that I stand a far better chance in my mind, maybe I'm wrong, of doing the National League because I follow the National League because I follow Yeovil. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. If I was, you've hit the nail on the head there. I mean, there would be, there will be a team of young lads who do something like the National League and you've got much more chance because, and we, we you know, there's a, the odd tip goes around for National League tip. And they'd be the pundits would be well ahead because there would be, you know, there's a chance that the, the, the price say a dollar eighty boring wood or whatever, or mm. with injuries and maybe COVID strike, you you could easily yeah. go and get sort of four or five hundred pound on something mm. like that at four to five when the re, the real price is probably two to five. Yeah, and that you have got no chance of getting that in the Premier League. So no. yeah, if I, I think if four or five young lads come to me and said, look, we, we're betting on football, I'd say, well, you've got to bet the Asian handicaps. Where you're betting to four or five percent, only ever bet on two runner races. Don't ever bet, you know, on three runner races when you don't need to, uh, unless there's a standout, obviously, to get on. But I'd be certainly something like that, or or a sport where not not one of the major, you know, national league football or lower league Spanish or whatever. That's you've got much more chance of um, yeah. of nicking a few quid. So, so when you say the the Asian markets, for example, if I said to you, okay. Uh, Harry, I want to do a bet on the Asian market. How would I do it? Because I wouldn't have a clue. Well, it's uh, it's staggering, really, because the book, the concept of the bookmakers here is always to have the three, the took the home, the way, and the draw. Yeah. Um, and uh, whereas in Asia, they treat the, every football match like a roulette wheel, red and green, a red, black, and a green. Yeah. Literally, the same sort of percentages, three or four percent for the house. So Man City against Manchester United yesterday, instead of being four to five Man City, five to two the draw, four to one United, it would be nine to ten Man City and twenty one to twenty against Man United all the draw, mm. two runners against three. Yeah. So invariably, well, throughout life, that whether you're a billionaire betting in millions of pounds in the Far East or if you're a, a waiter betting in 50, 100 bucks, you're, you're getting much better value than the UK punters. But, but I mean, when you say the, the Asian market, I mean, how do I get to the Asian market? Are they, are they, are they... <coughs> well, some British firms, some British firms have tried it. Tony Bloom, I said to Tony Bloom, get a company and try it and he, he, he invested in a company called Premier Bet and it never took off. When Tony Bloom and Benham split up, um, 
Benham, Matthew Benham, who's now at Brentford and doing an incredible job. What they've, what yeah. they've, both, what they've both done is incredible. Um, incredible. Um, and he offered me a, a fortune to, to, to work and as a sort of PR man to try and get the punters weaned off the three runners mm. into the Asian handicap. And that would have been over 10 years ago now because... We, we, you know, none of us could understand why 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 it hasn't taken off with the Asian handicap, but it's just the way it is. With people prefer the, the the three markets, but really it should be all ha all handicapped plus or minus. Yeah. So there's only two runners and only that five, four five percent. But presumably, if I found on the internet a Chinese bookies or yeah. Hong Kong bookies. Then I could open an account with them and do it straight, and then that that would be it, would it? Yeah, I mean, Pinnacle Pinnacle are very good, and but I mean, to be fair, on the Premier League, the the, the actual bigger firms, the Labricks, that do do an Asian handicap. It's just that they have it at their sort of prices with about right, ten yeah. percent in. But um, if you did want to to play the Asian handicaps, and I do a lot of mine on, on Betfair, and, and and you you know, it's always it's always there if you know where to go. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's just I'm. I'm sort of quite, quite you know, naive like that. I no, don't, well, I don't to be fair, it. the gambling world has, has been amazed how it hasn't taken off more in the UK. But you know, top men have tried it, and um, so far it, it hasn't taken off. Do you, do you think that the uh, the gambling companies in this country are greedy? Yeah, I mean, um, I do, and obviously closing accounts, etc. But I. I'm currently involved with the takeover of Lifford Graham Stadium because we're going to have a tote. We're backed by the UK tote, mm. which incidentally is, you know, so transformed in the last 18 months. Previously, the owners, Bet Fred, were giving massive rebates to the number one customer. No one else could win. Yeah, The whole thing was in free fall. 85% of the liquidity was toxic, massive rebaters. And... The new CEO has got rid of that rebater and levelled it out. And with tote.co.uk, punters get 10% bonus. So overnight, it's gone from being the worst bet in the world to being one of the best. Right. And, um, you know, I believe that uh, the UK tote in the next few years, because of their low margin ideology, will take off. And Greyhound Racing is a prime example. I know it's Bresbet, this new company... Uh, also, they, they're, they're trying to show that Greyhound Racing doesn't have to be a rip-off. Mm. The big firms in England have got industry SP, 30% in their favour, and no one's betting on it because of it. And I fully agree with what Bresbet are trying to do. They're trying to say, look, we can bet with us and you can bet to a different model. Yeah. And that's exactly what we're doing at Lifford. We're going to have a 10% tote. So anyone who comes to the dogs, instead of having... Every time they put a tenner on a dog, instead of it being worth seven quid, it's going to be worth nine. Mm. And this is going to have a massive effect on how many people win. And it's going to, not only are we going to be 10% on course, but we're going to be 10% on tote.u.co.uk. So literally, we will have a 10% SP product, which is exactly the sort of thing in a different way that Bresbet are trying to do by saying, look, Grand Racing is a valuable product. It's the only sport in the world ever invented for greyhound race uh, for betting no no other sport every other sport even pelota which you, you hardly see anywhere now it was the sport was there before the betting whereas greyhound racing in the 1920s and 30s was introduced f f for betting and back in the 20s and 30s the house kept either five or six percent like all card schools were yeah. 
yeah. a, a, a guinea, a, a dollar in the a shilling in the pound, and the greyhound tracks decided we either we either take that five percent or six one percent per dog, and most of the tracks went with that six percent, and um, for 30, 40 years the game absolutely flourished, including in England, Wembley, White City, tracks like that in the thirties were turning over the equivalent of sixteen billion a year, now, and um, in England it's gone from six percent. It was fine up until the early 70s and then it just went so high up to 14, 15 and now it's over 30. And effectively in England every single, it's, it's, it's a house of glass about to collapse and that's why Bresbet are trying to do something different, trying to offer the punters a bit of value and um, when we open in March at Lifford we'll be, we'll be taking it to another level. Well there you go, that was Harry trying to explain some of the intricacies of having a bet because I'm sure there's an awful lot of listeners out there that don't really think of what they do, they just put their five-year-olds, their tether on and uh, wait for the result. But there's an obviously a lot more to it, and uh, as Harry talks about, the Asian market as well. But uh, we'll have more from Harry next week on The Racing Show here on Three Valleys Radio. Well, now it's time to catch up with one of our resident jockeys, and that's Nick Schofield. OK, well, Nick, thanks for joining us on the show. Um, how would you say the last week or so has been for you? Uh, brilliant, if I'm honest. I've had plenty of winners. Yeah. Um, plenty of horses run well, and um, yeah, no, very, very good. I think four or five winners, so can't complain. Six no. in the last ten days. So. Mr. O'Neill's been very good to you. Um, I saw the the Zabiel Champion one on uh, on YouTube. I think it was oh, no, not YouTube, um, Facebook. Um, but he he looks after you pretty well, doesn't he? Yeah, he's an exciting horse, Seville Champion. He's owned by the same owner as Sky Pirates. And, oh right, um, yeah. He'd run in group races on the flat, and um, obviously had a very high rating coming home. But he took a real liking to jumping the jumps, and um, yeah, no, I'm grateful for the opportunity to ride him, and um, yeah, excited for the season ahead for him. Is it is it reasonable to assume that you'll be you'll be riding him again? In, in you know, you keep the yes, ride. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, have a, I have a connection with the owner, so. Um, yeah, we um, we're looking. We're excited for the season. For yeah, is he a Cheltenham prospect? Do you think? Is he a Cheltenham prospect? Do you think? We we, we hope so. Um, look, he's only four. It won't be the be all and end all this year. He could well be more of an entry horse looking at the end of the season. But um, he won't be pushed. He'll be looked as a five six year old. And um, um, what else have you got lined up then, Nick, for for the rest of the weekend and um, next week? Have you got anything yeah, we good? We used a lot of ammo last week while the ground was alright. So we got loads of winners on the board. Jack Barlow had a good few winners. I think he had four winners last week. Yeah. Um, and I rode a really exciting horse called Fugitive for Richard Hobson. He won in style at Worcester. He's excited for the season ahead. This weekend we've got Sky Pirate on the Saturday, um, and he'll 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 probably improve for the run. And um, got a nice horse in the bumper for Chris Gordon down at Ascot on Saturday. So um, two nice rides Saturday. Unfortunately, I'm suspended Sunday, but then we've got some nice rides next week: Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So um, yeah, yeah, all systems go. All beginning to pick up then nicely, I'm sure. I mean, it sounds like anyway with all these winners flying around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, look, Nick, thanks for joining us on the show, mate. Um, appreciate your input, as usual. And uh, look after yourself. Don't fall off. And uh, let's have a few more winners. Yeah, thank you. We'll try our best. And <laughs> thanks for the call. That's all right, mate. Thanks a lot. Cheers for now. Bye-bye. Well, that was our jockey representative, of course, Nick Schofield. And now we're going to catch up with Jamie Snowden on his way back from Market Raisin. Good afternoon, Jamie. On your way back from Market Raisin, but uh, a fruitless visit, unfortunately. Yeah, he was um, frustrating. He was he was coming to win his race and um, and he unshipped the jockey two for, two from home. Mm. Um, 
slightly frustrating because he's a very, very good horse. But um, hey, at least he's okay and the jockey's okay. So we live to fight another day. Yeah, well, that's right. I mean, obviously, the care of the horse and the, the health of the horse is the main thing, obviously. And I'm sure. But it's still, it's still been going pretty well for you. I see, look, in the last couple of days, two, a second, a third, and a fourth, and a fifth. Well, no, it was at the fifth from. Uh, but yeah, so you know, basically not not bad. And then you had another winner on uh, the sixteenth of November, Bill Baxter. So um, uh, you know. yeah, no, we've had we, we've we've had um, we've had two 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 winners in the last um, in the last five days. A couple of place horses as well. So no, all, uh, listen, you certainly can't complain. But um, uh, you're, you're only as good as your as your last run. And and, and unfortunately, he tipped up two out when coming to win. But uh, yeah, these things happen. That's racing. That's sports. Yeah, well, that's right. And no wonder I can't find you. I was on the wrong thing on my computer idiot um but um what about next few days then uh, uh jamie what have you got lined up um we've we, we haven't got any runners tomorrow we've got stony mountain in the grade three on saturday mm-hmm. and then maybe bucket bucket's going a handicap on sunday so what about stony mountain a grade three race are you gonna uh, stand a chance in that yeah he won he won last time out he won at um at newbury he won a a test of race at newbury it's gone up four pounds, which will make life a little bit tougher. But he's in good order and um, goes after it well. Well, let's hope he wins. And, and Gavin riding it as usual. Yeah, Gav will be on board. He's um, Gavin's had a uh, he had a five last week, the end of last week. So we gave our, our number two page a, a spin on a few, and she uh, she rode brilliantly. Rode two winners for us, which was lovely. Yeah, I was on one of them, so that was all right. Thank her very much on my behalf. Wh- which one was that, Eddie? Oh, now you've asked me, I can't remember the name of it. Um, Tallow for Cole, or that's right, Gino. That's the second one. That's, that's right, Gino. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a he's a very very nice horse. Um, yeah. yeah, I like him a lot. Well, you know, it's, it's certainly going well, isn't it? You must be pleased with the overall uh, the overall standing of the situation. I mean, are you ahead of schedule or, or not in terms of winners? Twenty uh, seven. Yeah, um, I suppose last year was very different because COVID was was uh, played a bit of havoc. So I don't think we can compare ourselves to last season. Um, but the season before that, we're uh, we're, we're probably about um, similar kind of numbers of winners for, from that year. And um, yeah, no, if, if we can keep up the momentum, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, I suppose what you want is a couple of big race winners to uh, bump up the old prize money. Exactly. I think we're we're, we're 15th in the table at the moment. So uh, yeah, it's um, as you say, it's going well. But uh, always, always in sport, you always you always need a lot more, don't you? It's a yeah. funny, funny old game. I suppose uh, Mr. Nichols is going to be up around the top, and Mr. Nicholson, Henderson. Um, I mean, not Nicholson, Henderson. Yeah, both both Nicky Henderson and Paul Nichols. Um, they'll be they'll be they'll, they're, they're, they seem to have a lot of firepower in their stables, and and they've got you know 150 odd horses. We're, we've we've got 50, so um, we're certainly um, punching above our, our our weight, as it were. But uh, yeah, we always 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 want the next big winner. Do you think the skeletons can make it into make it a, 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 a you know a three way fight at the top? Yeah, very much so. Um, you know, Dan, Dan's got got a, a, a lot of firepower in his in his stable, and and he would again be 150 odd horses. So there's no reason why he, why he couldn't. Mm, no, well that's yeah. You know, I mean, a bit more competition makes it. It's a, it's a bit like um, 
you know, Manchester City and Liverpool sort of thing. The more, you know, when United get into the mix next week, um, everything will be fine, if you see what I mean. Yeah, yeah exactly. In, in, your, in your dreams, Eddie. Yeah, all right then, all right. <laughs> don't, don't rub it in. Don't rub yeah, it in. Yeah. So um, you're in the, in the lorry today. I mean, you know, long trip. Where is market raising? I'm not sure where it is. L- Lincolnshire. Oh, it's not the easiest run then, is it? No, no, bit, bit of a trek up there, but um, I, I, drove, I drove, I drove Gavin up, and um, and and he's staying up. He's riding at Catrick tomorrow, so he's going to stay up, and I'm uh, I'm getting a lift back in the box. Oh, fair enough. Then that's okay. So he's got some wheels anyway. So he's got some wheels, exactly. Yeah, good. Okay then, uh, Jamie. Thank you very much for joining us on the show as usual. Good luck for the weekend. I hope the Grade Three comes in. And um, that's very kind. And you know, let's. Uh, Let's keep seeing these winners appearing. That's what we want. We'll keep, we'll keep trying anyway. We'll keep, we'll keep trying. Yeah, I know you will. You're my you're my mainstay this year. I can I tell you. So uh, you've got to keep got to keep going. Come on. <laughs> Thanks, Jamie. See you soon. Great stuff. Cheers, Eddie. All the best. Take Cheers, care. mate. Bye, bye, bye. Well, that was Jamie Snowden there on his way back from Market Raisin. Now it's time to join Mr. Colin Brown. Well, good evening, Colin. How are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good, Eddie. Always uh, better for talking to you because you're always a bundle of fun yeah, and like yeah. a yeah. bit of crack and, a, you know, a few stories that we have a a little discussion before we go on air. So, yeah, no, nice nice to speak to you, old boy. And you, old dog, and you. So, um, And you thank do you. say the nicest thank things, you. you know that, don't you? The well, nicest you. things. It just rolls off my tongue, it's yeah. just natural. Yeah, we'll cut the crap and let's get down to business, come on. Okay, where should we go? Huntington, you told me. All right, let's go to Huntington then. Right. All right, we will start at Huntington um, yeah. with, with the... Um, where are we? No, uh, novices chase at the twelve forty eight. Twelve forty eight. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Twelve forty eight. That's where we're going to. Four runners. I know, but I tell you what, there's a horse in the field that could just jump out and make all, and it's uh, it's called Hawthorne Cottage. It's mm-hmm. owned by a mate of mine who fronts up Melbourne Ten Racing. Uh-huh. Uh, it won at Kempton last time out with Jack Quinlan in the saddle. A chase. Before that, it ran quite well at Worcester. And before that, I won at Warwick with Lucy Barry in the saddle. And she sort of manages the owner's um, little farm where he breeds a few horses. And um, this isn't a bad horse and it jumps for fun. I think it could hop out round here, make all and go and win from probably uh, Barbados Blue. But um, Hawthorne Cottage. Okay. 12.48. Righty-ho. Easy, dead easy. Um, right, next race. Not many runners. Not weren't many runners in the, in the other race, but there mm. we go. Anyway, we'll we'll move on through to the. Um, where are we? We'll go to here. We are the two thirty three. I'm not mad on all these silly times. Are you? No, no, they're confusing, aren't they? Very confusing. Yeah, a little bit. Anyhow, <clears throat> Hearts of a Lion can take the, the 243. It's trained by Alan King. It's also in good form. It's ridden by Tom Cannon, and Tom's riding today for uh, J.P. McManus. It won at Ludlow quite nicely the other day. It's gone up about six pounds. Uh, it's by Yates. They have quite a nice mare, and uh, what beats it wins, I'd say. I don't think it'll be far away. It's called Heart of a Lion in the 233 there at um, wherever we are. Huntingdon. 
for Saturday's racing. Um, it's really good racing Saturday because we're a good race at Haydock, good racing at Ascot, but um, one or two quite nice um, races here. Now, um, in the 1508, that's 308, mm-hmm. a, friend, a friend of mine owns a horse called Impel. Well, I remember Impel when he used to run on the flat train by uh, Marcus Togoning, and he always really liked him, and he was a bit of a stayer. But Gary Moore doesn't get many things wrong, but I think he's been running this horse for ages over the wrong trip, and they've been backing it over sort of two miles and over two miles uh, three and whatever. I think it really wants a trip. And at one last time out, three miles two, and that was probably just a little bit too far for it. Uh, Fog, well, and he runs over three miles one and ten yards today. And I think he'll take the beating in Pal number three in the 308 at, um, at Huntington. Huntington. Right. So it's as easy as that. That's what we think, anyhow. Right. So I think we'll move on to Haydock Park, if that's right with you. Yeah, hang on a minute. Let me just get changed on the screen here. Where are we? Saturday the 20th. Haydock Park. Yes, sir. Ready to go. Is this live rate live radio or what's happening? <laughs> live radio, yeah. <laughs> That'll be the thing. Right. That'll be it. Okay, on to um Haydock Park. If if any of you have never been to Haydock, well, it's a blooming long drive and the M six is normally a nightmare. Um, but it is up just uh, just around Manchester area. Right. Twelve ten race at Haydock Park. What wins it? A good friend of mine runs a horse here called Might Eye. Um, and this was fourth first time out. Um, I'm telling lies. It won first time out, then was fifth at Newbury, wasn't quite right. But it hacked up the other day at Newton Abbott over two miles two. It's um, not quite two miles two today, but one mile, well, about two miles away. Um, and it's a stiff track. We think this is a pretty smart horse. The second horse came out, Thunder Rock, and won very easily. And might I beat him five lengths the other day. So don't miss backing him, although he's not going to be a great price. He will win the 12-10 at Haydock Park. Well, I'll tell you something about Mr. Fry, shall I? He had a, yes, he had a runner in a bumper yesterday, and it was a hot-to-trot yeah. horse. Right? Ooh, and it, it was, was favourite. So, of course, Joe Muggins thought I'd better do that, hadn't I? And no, yeah, it didn't yeah. win. It led oh. it led most of the way around, and then when it got to the business end, it went out like a light. So, Oh, I, who wrote it for you? Uh, this, this bloke, Lorcan Murta. Ah, Lorcan Murta. Well, Lorcan Murta rides in the 1240 there again um, on a friend of mine's horse called Captain Drake for Harry Fry. Yeah. And, you know, He's a funny horse, but he might be all right around here, three miles four. He finished fifth in the Coral Welsh National. And he's a horse that I thought, if he, he'd have to improve 15 pounds, but he's a horse that could just click one day and maybe get in around the bottom weights in the Grand National. Uh-huh. He's a horse that doesn't always show his true colours, but he's about a 10 to 1 shot, and I reckon he's got a little each way chance. Number three, in the 1248 dog, called Captain Drake. Okay, and the next race? Next race, nothing. But the next race, the 150, is quite interesting. 
I mean, Nichols runs Brave Man's Game and he thinks this is just like the best horse since Denman or Corto Star. So, I mean, you have to go along with him. I would think Brave Man's Game will win. So stick him in your doubles and travels with Might I, who runs in the first year. Uh, on to the 225, it's the Betfair Stayers Handicap. Now, there's a horse running here who I think should have won the last twice. Um, and it's called Did They Leave It To You? Now, last time he ran off a mark of 134, he's got up two pounds. And for me, Narl Hulan just gave him too much to do. You know, he's stepping up the trip first time to three miles, which again, I think a bit like Impel, this horse has been crying out for a trip. Although he won on the flat mile and six in June, um, he was second at Chepstow over two mile three. I think he should have won. And then that was off 129. Then he walked second off of 134 at Newbury. And he sat right out the back and came through to finish second. I don't see the point sitting out the back if you think your horse is going to stay. And he's a good ride. Just sit fifth or six. And um, it should win today. Kevin Brogan takes the ride. He had a winner for J.P. McManus at Newcastle on Thursday uh, for the Haslam Yard. And it's called Did They Leave You Out Too? Just Not Did They Leave It To You. Just, did They Leave You Out Too, number eight. Just to let the listeners know that, uh, as you know, Jamie Snowden comes on our show every week. And he yeah. is very bullish about Stony Mountain. So uh, you heard it here. And that's 10 to 1 as well. Well, he beat Do You Leave It Out Too last time. And I can see where he's coming from. But I think Do You Leave It Out Too, um, you know, that went up four. Do you leave it out? One up two. And I think they gave it too much to do. But i tell you what you can do. Put them in a reverse exact. So if the first and second in either order, you'll be quids in. Okay, we'll do that. Three o'clock is the Betfair Chase. Uh, this is a very good race. You've got Plutar with Rachel Blackmore. Um, six to four. She, uh, she sat. Last week, a fine recovery, didn't she, on that horse? Oh, God, yeah, shot. I should God. say so. When Drogo, my Drogo fell. Amazing. Anyway, well done to her. But Aplutar, second in the Jotman Gold Cup, I think, should win. Bristol to May, loves the track. But, you know, he was beaten in it in 2020, one of the year before. Um, not sure about him, to be honest. And as I go down the... Uh, field there for the big one, the Betfair Chase. You know, there's horses in the race with um, chances. I, I, I would give a little each way chance to a horse called Waiting Patiently which Christian Williams now trains. Uh, pulled up in the Grand National before that was third, the first flow, second of Roden in the King George and he's changed stables. You know, I'm afraid he's left um, Ruth um, what was she called? Uh, Ruth um, Jefferson because uh, her lovely dad, his late dad, used to train this one. Um, but, uh, you know, to change your scenery could be okay for uh, for this horse. So I think Aplutar wins from waiting patiently. It was interesting, too, that, that incident with Rachel Blackmore on the horse. Um, the Sport in Life do a, a podcast, which they very kindly let us broadcast, and uh, they, did yeah. a, they did almost a whole podcast on the whys and wherefores as to what she should have done, but did you know? In her case, did she, should she have, have have sat on and carried on like she did, and the horse got up and carried on, or should she have, yeah. have got off the horse and and made sure he was okay? 
interesting point, I thought. Right. But in the end, most of them decided she did the right thing. So there you go. Yeah, well, I mean, if they fall, you can't get back on, but it didn't actually fall over, just slid along the ground. But yeah. good point. Mm. Good point. Oh, boy, good point. Um, talking about waiting patiently, I must ring Mary. I haven't spoken to her for about two weeks now. Ah, and um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's not great, is it? I it's not. No, it's not, not good I, enough. No, I go racing a bit, but sometimes I've got company in the car, and it's not always easy just chatting on the phone when you're in the mm. car full of, you know, you're with yeah. a few others. But, yeah, yeah no, Mary, I hope, hope you're well. I will be ringing you on my way to Ascot. That's what I'll say. How about that? She'll yeah. know them, won't she? Yeah, yeah, she'll be looking forward to that now tomorrow. Well, I hope so. I hope so. Or even That's Saturday. What we want. Even Saturday. <laughs> I'm not quite sure. Yeah. Right, let's go to the next one. Uh, let's go to Ascot now, uh, okay. because we've done Haydock. Right. We've done Haydock. And um, what wins at Ascot is the question for Saturday's racing. Good, good racing, except for not a million runners, really. Um, Flemonstide is the favourite in the first. Got quite well beaten last day at... Uh, and one before that at Exeter, but um, I, I don't I don't know. It's a it's a trappy little race, really. Um, only four runners again. Uh, only four runners. I'm yeah. going to give it a miss. I'm yeah. going to give it a miss and go to the second race there at Ascot. And um, what wins this again? You know, this is quite a tricky little race, but I think you'll see a horse called Ask. A honeybee win. Won six races from 17. It was second to three under five. Um, three under through five, should I say, at Exeter. Three under through five won the next time out at um, Exeter. Uh, no, it won the next day somewhere. Um, and yeah, the form's quite good. And I think Ask a Honeybee can win the. Uh, the twelve fifty-five. Okay, okay. Um, on to the three thirty. It's the Colts and Phillies Club Mares handicap. There was something in this race that I oh, thought. What the three thirty? No, th the one thirty. I beg your pardon. Oh, you dipstick! Yeah. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? Yeah. That's nice on live TV, <laughs> on live radio. If I thought you live couldn't radio. take it, I wouldn't dish it. Ah, uh, there we go. Right, what wins it? Mm, I think, I think this can go to uh, Get the Appeal. It's trained by um, Paul, Nichols. Paul Nichols, owned by Middle Park Racing, ridden by... Ben Bromley, who's riding a few winners. He's the son of the Bloodstock agent, Anthony Bromley. And um, this one was second hall from Cottage at Kempton last day. Had, did win it. We can a couple of runs ago. Could just go and win this today. Drops back over hurdles. Rightio. Get the appeal. With Ben Bromley in the saddle. Right. The uh, the big race of the day, the grade two chase. This is blooming hard. We've got pistol whipped down the bottom. Lost in translation, who, you know, has got some good form um, over the years. Deffy Desel, Benny's King, Master Tommy Tucker, and Dash, a Dash or Drasher that won his last three at Ascot. And a lovely, lovely horse. And 
sadly was written by Matt Griffiths, who had a quite a serious car crash the other day. Let's hope he's um, recovering well. But um, he's not obviously riding today. Um, you know, he's going to be a long time out, I think. But um, Rex Dingle takes the ride. And Dashwell Drasher won't be far away. He loves the track. But I'm going to oppose him because the real class horse in the race really is Deffy Sell, owned by J.P. McManus, trained by Hobbs. Um, disappointing at Ascot last time out. Never ran again. Um, they couldn't really find anything wrong with him. They just turned him out for a bit. He's a real good horse. He won 13 of his 21 races. But when you come back to his really good form, you know, last race he won was um, at Ascot, um, at Ascot in January 20. And that was the uh, a, a big chase there. The um, Before that was Tingle Creek. And then a big chase, should I say, Ascot. Um in January 20, the uh, Clarence House. I mean, he's a really good horse, this. If Hobbs has gotten that right, which I wouldn't be the biggest surprise, uh, around about three or four to one, I think he's quite a good bet. Deffy Dussel. Radio. Right, we have the Coral Hurdle, the race of the Ascot Hurdle, and this is a great race. Now, um, just a little bit of info. For your listeners that like a little bet, you know, anti-post, um, you can bet a horse that's 11 to 10 for this race. Stepping up and trip, did win this as our, it's called Buzz. But you can back him for the Stayers Hurdle. You know, have a five each way on him at 33 to 1. He's a big price because if he wins Saturday, he ain't going to be 33 to 1 for the Stayers Hurdle with an entry. He's going to be shorter. So, um, that's my look on it. But I'm going to oppose him in the race, so I'm going to go for Goshen. There's a um, surprise. Because he's a, yeah, he's a favourite of mine. He's a horse that I've had various bets on uh, in the past. And he's been disappointing, you know, and he didn't run the other day because the ground was too firm. He likes soft ground, but, you know, watch this space. If it's not soft enough for asking, he might not go, but he's been eighth and fifth the honeysuckle. Before that, he won the King Will Patton down there at Wing Canton. And um, I'm going to go Goshen. I can't give him up now. OK, you've got to stick with him. Stick with him, see what happens. The Hurst Park Chase. Um, I don't know whether he's spoken to, to, to Nick Schofield. No, but Sky Pirate. How good. OK, so Sky Pirate was second the other day at Chepstow. He, he didn't run a bad race. No. Uh, what does he think, then? He's very, very confident. Um, cause, Is he? Uh, yeah, well. I mean, John Joe O'Neill seems to be giving some really good horses to ride, and uh, yeah. he, he had one a couple of days ago at uh, Leicester, I think it was, Zami or something or other, I think it was called, I can't remember now. Right, But okay. uh, he won on that, and, uh, yeah, it's he, owned by the same bloke, I think, so um, he's he's quite confident about it, yeah, definitely. Oh, okay. Well, you're second to another one tomorrow. Uh, uh, the runners called before midnight. Um, so if he, you know, if he's just needs that run, can reverse the form, then Sky Pirate in the three fifteen could easily win. Right, last race on the card is a three fifty, an open uh, national flat race, and what wins it? I tell you what, I saw a lad ride this week at Plumpton called Jack Wildman. He's been out with, um, been out in Ireland with Willie Mullins, I think, or Gordon Elliott. But he is the grandson of a guy called Bill Wildman that used to train down at Lark Hill. He used to have a cafe and train. And then his son, Chris, trained for a while. And then Chris was secretary to uh, 
David Ellsworth for a few years, and this is his son. I tell you what, he gave us a lovely ride of Emma Lavelle's last week to win a chase down at um, Plumpton on Monday. And he is allowed to keep an eye on him because he rides for the yard. Um, instead of claiming £7 because he had ridden more than 10 winners, he claims £10, gets that extra three. And I think Dream in the Park was second. He talked uh, not long ago with him on it, beating two lengths. I reckon it will win the last. Dream in the Park at around about 10 to 4. There, Ascot. There you go. And that's your lot. Lovely job. What have we got there? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 11, 14. Right. Well, we we need seven winners at least, don't we? Oh, yeah. And I think I think we could. Put them in a few doubles and trebles and muck them about a little bit. That's what I'd say. Mm, definitely. I see Nick Schofield has got one in that last race too. Happy, happy boy with Chris Gordon. Oh, uh, yeah, I saw that. So, uh, yeah, I saw that. But I'd be interested to see how Lost in Translation goes for Mr. Tizard. Because um, yeah, yeah, he's sort of really gone out like a light, hasn't he? And now that they've sort of eased yeah. him back in slowly, they are his horses are definitely running better lately. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that one goes. Yeah, yeah I mean, the thing is, um, the yard's got to be in form. Horses don't just spring up, go and win when the yard's out of form. You know, it's a whole confidence thing it might be a little bug in the yard if things are wrong mm. you know uh th things just aren't going good and they get beaten even the good horses but when it's all flying you know it's surprising what can win then yeah absolutely no let's let's uh be mm. interesting to watch it anyway well thank you yeah, colin no, thank you very much indeed no for problem, that lot. No and, problem. Uh, you make well, sure you have an enjoyable day at ascot tomorrow and don't forget to ring mary Oh, ring Mary, don't worry. Nice. I'm Mary, I'll be ringing you Friday or Saturday. That's all right then, well, as long as you don't forget, because I know what you're like. I know, I can think of being forgetful, can't I? Yeah, Must have just... been my age. Yeah, I think it's an age thing, definitely, in your case. But, uh... I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, definitely an age thing. All right, mate, well, we will, we will speak again this time next week, I imagine. We'll look forward to it. We've got the Labrick Trophy weekend next weekend, so I'll be working hard trying to work out all the winners there. Good. Well done, Colin. Thanks very much indeed. Speak all to you next best. week. All Cheers the best for now. Listeners. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, there you go. That was Colin Brown with his tips for the weekend, and let's hope he has a few winners. Now, this bit should be interesting, because coming up now is Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing, and he'll give you the opportunity to compare notes. I suspect we'll see what he reckons and what Colin Brown reckons is going to win tomorrow. So let's join Dave Wilson now. Well, good morning, Dave Wilson. How the devil are you? Yeah, very well. Enjoying this weather and uh, we've got a great weekend's racing ahead. We've got uh, Ascot and Haydock on Saturday and then we're having a day out at Exeter on Sunday. Oh, well. So we've uh, got a lovely weekend ahead. Yeah, so, looking forward uh, to that, then, I expect. Yeah, the kids are looking forward to it. They're coming down to Exeter with me, so... We'll, we'll see how they behave. Yeah. If you see any running on the track, you know, one of them's likely to be mine. But... <laughs> OK, <laughs> mate. Well, let's, uh, let's bash on then at Ascot. Yep, Ascot first race at 12.20, and horse we like in this one is Fleming's Tide. He's priced up around about 5-4 to four at the moment. He's going to be ridden by Byrony and trained by Paul Nichols. He had three runs in bumpers uh, to date, and he run three and a half lengths second to a horse called No Ordinary Joe. Um, that horse has come out, he's rated around, around 133 at the moment, but he finished third in the Greatwood Hurdle last week up in Cheltenham. So, uh, very strong bumper form. 
But the other thing to note is this horse is very closely related to a, a good horse that Paul Nichols had in the past, masterminded. He was a two-time winner of the Queen Mother, the Tingle Tree, the Tingle Creek, the Clarence House, and the Champion Chase of Punchestown. So uh, that's the sort of standard uh, of breeding that this horse is out of. So uh, no doubt he's going to improve going over hurdles and he'll improve again when he's a chaser. The only thing that we have noted is that Mastermind was a, was a two-mile and this race is over two-mile five. So it's going to be a, a bit of a test of his stamina, but obviously uh, we shall see how he gets on with that. But yeah. it's only a small field and uh, we'll see how he gets on. OK, mate. Moving down the card to a 12.55, again going with Byron E and Paul Nichols with a horse called Jeremy Pass. He's priced up at around about 13 to 8 with heels. Uh, another one that's very closely related to a good horse as well, and uh, he was he's very closely related to Monty's Pass, who won Brown National in 2003. And he's now stepping up in distance, stepping up over, over hurdles, and uh, we'll see how he gets on and... Uh, I would imagine it's another one of them, but he's going to be a horse to follow later on this year and into next year, and this of a national sort of fences uh, later on in his career. So uh, Jeremy Pass in the 12.55, he does look a, a good thing there, and uh, he's certainly not going to be found out for stamina, and he, he ran very well behind Eva's Oscar at uh, on his chasing debut there. Moving moving down the car to the one thirty, uh we're gonna change jockeys here. We're going with Ben Bromley and Paul Nichols. So we think he's gonna win the first three races there at Ascot tomorrow and the horse is called Get the Appeal. Currently priced up at around about seven to one. Ben Bromley's a very, very good jockey and he's a seven pound claimer at the moment and he's well worth a lot a lot of that claim, no problems at all. Uh, this fella's won a point to point in 2019 and he got beat half a length by a horse that's trained by Gordon Elliott now called Ard Abrahain. And that's rated around about 137. Now, this fella's running off of a, a handicap mark of 120 and with a £7 claim from Ben Bromley, he's down to 113. So he's only a half length behind a horse that's rated 137 and he's running off of 113. So you can see the reason why we fancy him in this race. Yeah. And he's priced up seven to one, and uh, we shall see how he goes. And uh, again, he's, he's a half brother to a nice horse uh, in the past called Fox Appeal, who was a 141 chaser as well. So uh, uh, three good horses of Nichols is in the first three races at Ascot Saturday, and we think all three of them are going to go very close and see how we get on. Get the appeal seven to one in the 130 race there. Moving down to the 205, we're going to change trainers, but we're staying local with uh, Colin Tizard one with Lost in Translation. It's going to be ridden by the, the now stable jockey Brendan Powell. Priced up around 7 to 2 at the moment. Now, Lost in Translation is the only horse that's ever beaten Bristol Del Mai in uh, at Haydock, and that's when he won the Betfair Chase uh, back in 2019. Now, the thing to note is the Tizard horses, you've just got to put a line through their form for 2020, 2021 last year when the stable had an absolute disaster of the season. But they're all back running very, very well now and back to the form that they was all showing in 2019, 2020. So if Lost in Translation comes out and produces the form where he beat Brest Bristol Del Mai, he's going to absolutely destroy this race. And uh, as I say, you're taking a little risk that he is back to that form, but 7-2 is worth having a little chance on. So Lost in Translation in the 205 era Ascot. Okay. Moving down to the 240 race, a horse who tipped up a couple of weeks back, Goshen, who ended up as a non-runner. Uh, Jamie Moore takes the ride for his dad, Gary Moore. He's priced up again, 7-2 with heels. 
Now, this is a fella that was clearing triumph hurdle back in 2019 and he'd come down crashing at the last fence. Otherwise, he'd have won by an absolute margin. Now, he's produced that form a couple of times since, but he's been a bit hit and miss. He he won the Kingswell hurdle last year, beating Song for Someone by 22 lengths, but the previous run, he was 29 lengths behind Song for Someone. So... uh, his form is a little bit hit and miss, but we'll have to see how he goes. And he's stepping up from two miles, which he's been racing over, and he's had a couple of two-mile-and-a-half-furlong races, and he's stepping up to two-mile-three for this, which, if he settles nicely, he should be able to get no problem. And uh, we'll see how he gets on. But he, he does need to get a more consistent profile than what he's got at the moment to show what he can do. But on his day, he's very, very good, and when he's not in a good mood, he's very, very bad. So... Uh, Goshen in the 240. Moving down to the 315, uh, one of the show's other people who gives us bits of advice, Nick Schofield takes a ride on Sky Pirate for John Joe O'Neill. Now, this horse, since he's been, since he's found his trip, really, they, they didn't know what distance to run him over, and he's gone back to two miles, and he's won three from his last five, and he won the grand annual at Cheltenham as well. Uh, his reappearance run, he got beat six lengths behind before midnight, and he's got an eight-pound swing for that, and before midnight's taking him on again. But the thing that we noted is Sky Pirates always improved after his first run of the season as well, so uh, he's getting the eight-pound swing in weights, and he comes on for his second run as well, so we think Sky Pirates going to be well worth having a look at in the, in the 315 there at Ascot tomorrow, priced up at 7 at 2 with heels. Rightio. Well, Nick was quite buoyant about it yesterday when I spoke to him, so uh, if that's something to go by. Yeah, I think he's got a good chance there, and uh, I don't think 7-2 to is going to remain available for too long, but it's just one of them things. Mm. So uh, we, we shall see. But since he's returned to two miles, the horse has absolutely improved leaps and bounds, and uh, he's a very lively, lively bet in that race there. Yeah, OK. Moving down to the last race on the card at Ascot, the 350. Uh, another horse that we like here, Thames Water. He's priced up in the paper at six to one. There's no betting available at the moment. He's going to be ridden by Adrian Heskin, who's the owner's retained jockey and trained by Paul Nichols. He's a half brother to uh, one of Henry the Bromhead's very good horses, Manella Melody, who's uh, who who won a bumper and then comes second in the Aintree bumper at the Aintree Festival and then third in the Punchestown Festival bumper. And that horse is rated 143, so that's the family lines of Thames Water, and 6-1 to one looks to be a nice bet if that price does become available for a nice each-way bet on that fella in the last race there. And obviously Paul Nichols has got one of the best uh, um, horses around at the moment in time for a tune, which won the one up at the Cheltenham Festival last week, so we don't know the strength and depth of the horse from its homework as well there, so we'll see how that one gets on. All right, moving over to Haydock in the first race, uh, another local horse in the 12.10, My Eye, going to be ridden by Lorca Murta and trained by Harry Fry. He's short price favourite here. He's priced up around about five to four. Now, this fella went to Newton Abbott earlier in October and he absolutely won pulling a cart horse. And uh, the horse that comes second to him, 11 lengths behind, which uh, has also come out one by three and a half lengths since. And he, he finished fifth in the race at Newbury, which is producing so many good horses. Uh, good risk at all won it. And then I like to move it, who's won three races since, was in second. Jolino Bello was in 
third there, that's come out one. Bill Baxter's come out and won a couple. He was in fourth, and then uh, my I was in fifth. So he was in a very, very strong race, and the only one that he's ever been beaten in there. And as I say, he absolutely hacked up a Newton Abbott last time out. So we're going to put our faith in him there and see if he gets on in the first to Haydock on Saturday. Okay. Moving down to the 12.40 race, a horse we like here is The Future is Bright. He's priced up at 9 to 2 at the minute. Jack Tudor takes the ride for Christian Williams. Uh, this fellow was in the process of running a very big race at Cheltenham last time out, and uh, his stable mate, Strictly a Dancer, ended up winning the race, but this fellow made a bad mistake of the third from home, and uh, it knocked all the stuffing out of him and lost all his momentum, and he, he ended up getting beaten in about 16 lengths. But the stable mate, Strictly a Dancer, has come out again and absolutely hacked up last weekend at Cheltenham, and he's a very short price favourite to win over uh, later on in the card in the 3.35 at Haydock on Saturday. So uh, I think the future is bright. It's got a very, very good chance. And I would imagine that he'll, uh, he'll have a good bit of support here because he's run over the course before and he finished second to finish three lad and the pair of them was absolutely clear of a third horse on that day. So uh, we're going with the future is bright in the 12.40. Okay. Moving down to the 115, a horse that we liked the look of last time out, our surprise, uh, priced up at 7 to 2. Sean Bowen's taking a ride here for Harry Fry. Now, Harry normally uses Lord Commerter at the moment, and uh, the owner of this horse actually has a retained jockey in Daryl Jacobs, Simon Manure, and Isaac Swade. And uh, it's very strange that Daryl Jacobs is going to be at Haydock and he's not riding for the owners, and they've put Sean Bowen on it. But last time out, this horse absolutely had a fight the whole way around Weatherby with Daryl Jacob for his head. And he still finished second, and he got beaten a length and a quarter. And when a horse doesn't settle, they normally end up getting toweled off. But this fella was just fighting Daryl Jacob the whole way round, and still, only, still finished second and got beaten a length and a quarter. Now, Sean Bowen's known to be one of the strongest jockeys on the circuit, so I would imagine that's the reason why he's replacing Daryl Jacob on the horse. But seven to two, if the horse settles, well, he'll win pulling a cart horse if he settles after the way he run at Weatherby. So uh, we shall have to see there. But as I say, it's uh, a very nice looking ride, ride for Sean Bowen to pick up uh, against the stable jockeys there. Right, moving down to the one, moving down to the one fifty, Brave Man's Game. Harry Cobden and Paul Nichols, one of, la, one of last season's leading novice hurdlers, and he duly won on his chase debut, beating Fusil Ruffles five and a half lengths down at Newton Abbott. He's going to be odds on, and uh, <coughs> these novice chases are very, very hard to get them right. The horses are learning how to race over these fences, and Paul Nichols is very good at getting getting the hurdlers to jump chase fences but it is a brave man it is a brave man's game to be backing odds on in these sort of races so we think he'll win but it's one of them races where we're just going to sit and watch and uh, see what happens but he is a class horse and we think he should win okay down Moving down to the 225 a horse we like here is Orbe's Legend he's priced up at the moment 7-1 to one price with William Hills Ben Jones takes a ride for Philip Hobbs now, this fella's won three races out of five over hurdles to date, and uh, he was second in a point-to-point as well over three miles. So uh, his stamina is a little bit unknown, but finishing second over three miles in a point-to-point, I would imagine it, uh, it should sort of stay. And he won the silver trophy at Chapstow back in October in very fine style. He'd he come there absolutely full of running, and uh, he was eased down in the end, and he still had plenty in hand. And that was over two miles three, but he's now stepping up to three miles. Now, if he takes... 
it's chance in this, and he, he does stay for three miles. He's going to win it very, very easy. But it's just that does he stay or doesn't he stay, and the unknown factor. Uh, it's well worth having a nice each way bet on him there in in the two twenty five. He's Orbis legend. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, moving down to the three o'clock, the main race of the day, the Betfair Chase. We've got a plus card taking on. Uh, Bristol Del Mai, and it's going to be a very nice race to watch. We think uh, a Plutard may work, may win it with Rachel Blackmore on board for Henry de Bromhead. He's six pounds well in if this was a handicap. Uh, obviously, it's a class one, and they all run off the same rates. And he was second in the Gold Cup last year to Manilo, Manilo Indio, and uh, it's going to be very very good to see if he's actually 100% wound up for the race. If not, Bristol Del Mai, who's won five from six over the track and has won this race three times in the last four years. He's certainly going to give him a race and see how they get on. But we're just siding with a Plutard at the moment, and uh, we shall see how they go. But to say, it's going to be a very good race to watch at three o'clock at Haydock there. Okay. Moving down to the very last race at Haydock on the card, and the horse that we like here is Potter's Corner. He's uh, trained by the same. He's trained by Christian Williams, who has strictly a dancer in this race, who's a short price favourite for it. Now, strictly a dancer's had very had three very close runs together and won two of them, and looks very well handicapped at the moment. But having three races together and coming into a fourth at Haydock, which is definitely going to be very testing ground, we think he might just find him out, and we're going to side up with Potter's Corner, who's coming back to some of his best form at the moment. He won the Coral Welsh National off of a handicap rating of 145, and he's running in this race off of a handicap of 137. And he ran very well last week in a cross-country race up at Cheltenham, and uh, he showed up very well for a long way in it, but that was over three miles six, which seemed to test his stamina a bit too much, and he's dropping back to three miles one for this. And we think he'll go very well. He's priced up at the moment at around about 17 to 2 with heels. So we think he's going to be well worth having an each way bet on Potter's Corner there. And uh, I would imagine we'll be seeing him coming out for the Coral Welsh National to see if he can get his title back in December. So uh, we'll just have to see how he gets on in this one and see where he goes from there. But that's what we've got for the weekend for you, mate. So uh, hopefully that'll give everyone a good few bets to have and uh, a few winners on the, on the way with it. Okay, mate. Well, thank you very much for that. And uh, no doubt we'll join you again next week. Um, in the meantime, if you get stung down at Exeter, you better give me a shout. I'll have to come and pick you up. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> do. Cheers, mate. Speak to you soon. Cheers. Bye. Hello, right, well, there we go. That was Dave Wilson. So have a look at his tips and have a look at Colin's tips and see if you can find... There's a few in there that they both agree on, so they might be the ones worth backing. But anyway, that is basically it for this week. So thank you very much for joining us. Make sure you remember to join our uh, football coverage tomorrow where we do the full match commentary of Yeovertown versus Dagenham and Redbridge, up at Dagenham, of course. And join us again next week, same time, same station. Thank you for joining us. Bye for now. (laughs) 